welcome to the City Point Church podcast. Thanks for joining us. Every day is an opportunity to take hold of. So we hope this message inspires you and builds your faith, that it helps you have more of a God perspective for your day. Enjoy. I don't know if you guys have noticed, um, if you've been coming for the past couple of weeks, there's been a little pattern that I've, uh, I've been, that's caught my attention from what's been preached on. And uh, so Pastor Gray's message two weeks back was about how obedience um, is a part of faith. And then Pastor Mel's message as well last week also was about obeying God. And then I think the Holy Spirit, Spirit wants to really drive it home um, because I also have a topic from him about something about obedience and it's more about agreeing with God's description of you because God's description of you is who you truly are. So let's start by reading a verse from Galatians 3. So if you've got your Bible apps, you've got your phone, or your real Bibles, flip to the book of Galatians. <laughs> Physical Bible. Galatians 3, verse 27. And it says this, For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourself in Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. So this verse is saying that anybody who has trusted in Jesus is now unified in his identity. We are one in Christ, and God actually sees you through Christ's character. And it doesn't matter if you're Australian, or from somewhere else. <laughs> Or if you're rich or poor, male or female, God looks at you with the same heart and the same love that he does for his only son, Jesus. And that's really good news, and it feels good to hear, right? But how often do we look at ourselves like that? How often do we see ourselves as less than that? If you have turned to Jesus, then you have clothed yourself in Christ. It's not like you've got Christ's hat on. And the rest of you is disgusting. <laughs> or you found his cool Jesus custom Nike kicks. And the rest of you is just a mess. No, we have the full outfit of Jesus Christ. We've been clothed and we look like him. But how easy is it to forget that God has clothed us like this? Some have never even heard that Jesus clothes us. And that's how God sees us. And I'm praying this morning that you're saying to yourself, if you've never heard this, that you're going... Man, I really would like to be covered by Christ's goodness. So this verse is speaking to our identity, our insights, which is sometimes pretty confusing because we can't see our insights. So let's get on the same page about what identity is and why it's so important. So identity, um, even Rach brought this up um, today as well. It's, it's something similar about my topic that I'll get into about being strong in your identity on the rock. It's one of this, these hot topics in the world that everyone's sort of going on about. So it's essential that we know the truth about identity so that we can model it to everyone else around us. And we can speak truth when there's a bunch of lies coming from every direction. It's crucial how we see ourselves because it affects everything. It affects how we think what we do. And I know this because I've seen myself being influenced by how I saw myself. 
and I know how difficult it was to get myself out of that loop. And I had a really great upbringing. I don't know about, um, everybody's had a different upbringing through their life. Some have had pristine upbringings, some have had shocking upbringings, but we're all here in this church and it's great. But little things, little negative comments that were spoken over me, little behaviors, I made a mistake and then it was mentioned that, oh, that's, that's just who you are, You've, you, you are this. And then I believed them. And then I held on to them. They ended up forming a part of an identity about how I saw myself. That I innately was selfish. I was greedy. I was lazy. I couldn't actually finish jobs well. I was, wasn't actually going to be successful because that's up here and that's not, you're not there. We all have those moments too. I'm sure you're thinking about those moments. Where someone speaks over you. It's just not true. And then it just sticks on you. And it feels like it's a part of you. But it can go your whole life like that. If it's left unchallenged. There's a funny time I remember when I was a teenager <laughs> and I was over at a friend's house and we were looking at the pantry, we we're going to get some snacks and he um, looked at this packet of Tim Tams and he turned to me and he said, you better grab some because I have an addictive personality and if I get to that, I'm going to eat the whole thing. There's no stopping me. And I thought to myself when I looked at him, you don't have an addictive personality, you're just selfish. You just, you've just... <laughs> You don't have self-control. <laughs> you don't have the skill mastered. You haven't actually, you've justified this identity that you're just a greedy person and that makes it okay. For me, my negative description left me feeling really shaky, unconfident. And um, I actually went through some healing last year where Pastor Gray noticed that I was feeling a little bit un in unconfident and so he talked to me about it. So this is a bit about what happened there. Um, he came and approached me, and he talked to me, but he didn't come and say, Chris, I've noticed that you're lacking in confidence. Uh, you're a bit lazy sometimes. Uh, <laughs> here is a six-week program for you to go through, and I want you to get this done, and then you'll be, you'll be good. No. Um, he didn't do an hour-long delivery session, uh, delivery, deliverance. Uber, Uber deliverance, that's what we need. <laughs> um, he didn't do that. He didn't wash my feet to make me holy. He didn't do that. He actually just wanted to spend time with me because he was able to see truth when I couldn't see it. So we decided to play golf and not the real golf because we both are terrible at it. <laughs> so we didn't want to feel even worse. We played virtual golf. Um, where we could look a bit dumb and get away with it. And we just chatted. We just talked about life. And I, uh, Pastor Grace said that he wanted to learn things from me. And I'm like, okay. And obviously I wanted to learn things from him. And we just talked about stuff. And eventually after chatting, some of the things that I believed about myself just ended up coming out. They ended up just coming out in conversation. They're like, oh, I'm just really nervous about doing that thing because I don't think I'm good enough for that. And then 
and he would just kind of sit there because he's cool, calm, collected and go, <laughs> that's not right. <laughs> and it, would, it resonated with me because it wasn't this intense thing. It wasn't praying on your knees for seven hours. It, it was natural. It was gentle. It was in the moment. It was a part of life. And it was really effective. And I'm not saying here that everyone needs to book an appointment with Pastor Gray. He's not that special. <laughs> You're all amazing. So I want to um, point out what I'm saying here is that we get the opportunity to position ourselves under truth or under lies. And I believe that that's what God wants to do with us. If we let him hang out with us, if we position ourselves with him, then his description of us, we will get to agree with that, and we won't listen to the enemy's lies. However, God doesn't force us to come and hang out with him. It's our choice. And we can choose to hold on to the comfortable pain. It's actually pretty easy to agree with the broken identity that has been spoken over us because it's the pain that we know. It's the pain that we've grown up with or we've accepted about ourselves and that's just how it is. I'm a bit upset about it, but that's just how it is. But it's time to change. God is calling us, he's calling you to learn the truth about who you are because God's description of you is your true identity. So who are you really? That's the question. <laughs> when we think about identity, it's usually about how we see ourselves or how we present ourselves to other people, right? Now, this is a little bit of teaching because I'm a teacher <laughs> and I'm going to explain identity. So we can describe ourselves by our work, like, hey, mate, I'm a tradie. Uh, that's part of my identity, right? Our hobbies, our personality, our culture, our likes, dislikes, and even form identities around our problems too. So let's just do a culture check in the moment here. How many Filipinos are present? Yes. How many Islanders? Yeah, a couple good. <laughs> South African. Yeah, one. <laughs> and Tyron, where is he? And Australians. And everyone else. Yeah, it's good. Love it. Our culture informs so much about how we think, what we do. And we might have certain hobbies that we're into. I don't know if you know about me, but I ride a motorbike, so I'm a bit of a hardcore dude. <laughs> a bit tough. Maybe not. <laughs> I like riding a bike, it's fun. We go, <laughs> so, some people think about their intelligence as how they're defined. Like, oh, I'm just a bit dumb, I don't get through school, I just don't do that. Or, I'm really, really smart, and I dive into the Hebrew, and I'm really into fire training, and I'm super, super smart. And you'd be right. <laughs> but he's not defined by that, he's super humble. <laughs> We're all so unique. Everyone's different. We say this to our kids, different is good. 
when they don't want to eat their vegetables that they've never tried before. It's different. It's good. And Jesus actually empowers all of those differences. He doesn't flatten us down to a gray square. He's about making us unique. There's nothing wrong with having a unique personality or or a really, really strange fashion sense. (laughs) It's different, and it's good, and it makes humanity interesting. 1 Corinthians actually points this out about the church, how diversity really helps the church. It says this in 1 Corinthians 12. Oh, Verse 18. Hey, I don't go to youth anymore, so I don't know how it works. But in fact, God has placed all the parts in the body. Every one of them, He put them just as where He wanted them to be. If they were all the one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. Imagine if everyone here was exactly the same. It'd be weird. (laughs) But God here, He says that He has intentionally thought of you and your difference and your uniqueness and your calling, and He specifically put you here for a purpose. Jesus enhances our unique identity. However, there are some things that end up becoming a part of who we are, and we accept them for who we are, that really shouldn't be there. And I want to give you a bit of context into that, because to simplify things, there are two voices that we can listen to, only two, our Creator God and the enemy. Who do you think knows us more? Who do we sometimes listen to more? It's a good question. And there's only one way to tell if there's an enemy's lie that you're listening to or if there's God's truth, and that's to know what the truth is. If we don't know the truth, then we're going to be susceptible to the lies. The only way that we can actually learn what the truth is is by choosing it. We read it in the Bible. We listen to the Holy Spirit. We listen to leaders that bring the Bible to life in front of us. God actually has something to say to you in the Bible. And I encourage you guys not to just listen to the pastor's two scriptures every Sunday. (laughs) That's, That's great, but that's not as much compared to the lies that we get barraged with in the week, you know? We get thousands and thousands of messages sent to us that we have to decipher, decipher with the two scriptures that are brought out on a Sunday. So here's an encouragement, guys. Fill yourself up on the truth so that when the lies come, you don't even care. <laughs> the Bible, it's, it's the living Word of God. It's, it's His voice to you. This is a little bit of a random way to read the Bible, so it's not suggested, but who's flipped to a random spot in the Bible and put your finger down on a scripture, and then, and then it's felt like God spoke to you a really random moment in your life? <laughs> Doesn't always happen like that, but it's happened a lot where the scriptures come alive, 
and then maybe you're going through a study of a, of a certain book of the Bible and it comes alive to what you're going through in that moment, right? It's happened. Uh, God wants to speak to you through the Bible about your identity. Now, I couldn't really go through the whole Bible and point out every which way God describes us. It's through the whole thing. <laughs> There's too much. But I want to show you an example in the book of Matthew. So if you can open your Bibles up, Bible apps, Matthew 7. Oh, you can get there. Start in 5, and then we're going to go through the headings. Matthew 5. And I'm just going to go through the, a little summary of what God talks about. So Jesus is um, on, this, uh, on this mountain, right? We won't go to Matthew 7 just yet. We, we'll, we'll get there. So God is preaching, or Jesus, who's God, if you didn't understand, um, he's talking to a bunch of people, and this is his big first sermon to everybody. And he basically goes through every topic that you can think of, and what is God's way of thinking about it, God's way of doing it, what it looks like to be a Christ follower. So here's a little summary of the things that he addressed. He addressed humility, righteousness, mercy, purity, boldness, not falling into anger or adultery, loving truthfulness, loving your enemies, generosity, trusting God's provision, what, when judgment is allowed or okay, and so much more. So those are all the, the most of the topics that he brings out, right? And they're just, this is just one section of the Bible, but it clearly lays out for us descriptions about someone who follows God. But there's one little story at the end there that I want to bring out to you guys. And you may have heard this if you've gone through children's church, or if you've read the Bible for a long time, you might know this story. It's a story of two builders. So this is in Matthew 7, verse 24. So then... Anyone who hears these words of mine and obeys them is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain poured down, the rivers flooded over, and the wind blew hard against that house, but it did not fall because it was built on the rock, something that is strong, not changing, truth. But anyone who hears these words of mine and does not obey them is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. Sand is moving, shifting, changing. The rain poured down. The rivers flooded over. The wind blew hard against the house, and it fell. What a terrible fall that was. So this story is right at the end of this massive list of attributes. And Jesus says it's one thing to hear them, but it's one thing to do them. And the reward of doing these things is that when hard times hit you, and we know that they will, we will stand strong. But the payout of ignoring them is that when hard times hit you, and we know that they will, how great that fall will be. I don't want to be building my house on the sand. But we're not just talking about external behaviors and things that you have to do. This morning, I'm focusing more on the internal how we think about ourselves. So how does this apply to our identity? It's the exact same concept, but just about us on the inside. Everything God calls us 
is righteous, humble, pure, clean, whole. He actually calls us royal priests. And everything about Jesus' identity, his characteristics is also how God sees us. Jesus is humble, pure, kind, gentle, peaceful, all of these things. Truth. And that's how God sees you. That's how God describes you. However, it's one thing to hear these descriptions, and it's another thing to actually agree with them. I don't know about you, but my mistakes that I make, they sometimes feel so loud that it clouds my vision, and I can't see the truth, and I can't, if I find it difficult to agree that this person who makes mistakes can be called righteous. I'm sure we all feel the weight of when we make mistakes, when we sin, but it makes, us e- makes it easy for the enemy to lie to us. The enemy th- says things like, oh, if you were really Christian, you wouldn't, you wouldn't do that. Or maybe God isn't listening to you. It cuts deep if you don't know the truth. Only if you don't know the truth. If I was to say to you, Bobby, (laughs) your blue hair is horrible. It's the worst choice you could make. Blue, not a good color on you, mate. He's sitting there with brown hair going, um, okay, I don't have blue hair. Exactly. Ah. You're a liar. Um, God says that I'm pure. So I don't know what you're talking about. It's the same thing. If we know the truth, then the truth will set us free. We are not a people that build our identity on shifting sands. We're a people that build our identity on the rock of Jesus that is eternal, and it never changes, and we are, He is always the same forever and ever. That means that our identity can be strong. How good does that feel? So who are you going to listen to? That's a good question. Today we've got wonderful technological advancements, such as Netflix and YouTube. <laughs> and Facebook, all these wonderful sources of lovely, biblically inspiring content that you scroll watching Fortnite at 2 a.m. to fill up your tank of truth. <laughs> and it's not like these platforms have a, have a principle in them to, let's, let's build up the biblical character of society. No, they, they love money more than that. <laughs> Actually, some of them have written out anti-biblical identity that they want to share. So it's a challenge where we get what we let into our life, what we listen to, what we allow to speak louder than what truth is. So what do we do with this information? Because we've got two voices, remember? There's God's truth or there's the enemy's lies. We, can, we have the choice to agree with the description that the enemy gives us, which is constantly changing, constantly pointing out different things that you're going through. Maybe you conquer one thing, but oh, then there's this. It's always changing. 
but then we can also choose to agree with who God says you are. We make mistakes, but in the end of the day, God's description of you is your true identity. Just like how I spent time with Pastor Gray, spending time with God is the key to holding on to how He describes us. And He loves it when we dive into the Hebrew and spend hours looking at the spiritual mysteries of the world. But maybe you need to take a step. It's not always about doing a giant step, a giant leap into the unknown. It's a a progress, progression. Maybe you can take a step this morning to think about God more. It's not difficult. It's just a choice. Maybe you can just, oh God, what do you think about that? And then, when the thoughts come, the lies, disagree with them. Challenge them. Make them squirm. Don't let them make you squirm. And then let them go. Ask God, He'll show you. Spend time with God and you will find yourself agreeing with His description of you. But there's a reason why this is important. It's not just here to make you guys feel better about yourselves, to say, all right, you're all righteous, you're all good. Everyone's happy. There is a purpose to this because God has a mission that we are all called to be a part of. Every single one of us has a part to play. Remember, God put us, each of us different, into the body of Christ so that the body can function and move and be ready when He says, go. And I felt the Holy Spirit share to me that He doesn't want us just to be feeling good. He wants all of our unique gifts to be activated. He wants all of our differences to have purpose. Can you imagine the unity and how effectively we can bless this community when there's 400, 500, 1,000 strong identity Christians in this area? How much this area is going to change? And we're already on that way. This is a very strong identity church. And God wants to reveal and strengthen it so that we can have a fulfilled, purposeful, and powerful life. So the body of Christ, it's incredibly designed. God did this on purpose. Everyone functioning differently, all to bring people to salvation. So we know there is a huge opportunity for us and who we really are. I'll get the worship team to come and join me. You might be in this place feeling that you're shaped by your story. And I'm not standing up here saying that your story isn't important. And the things that happened to you weren't real and that they were really painful. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying here is that God's description of you is who you really are, despite what happened. And then there's a chance, there's an opportunity, there's a choice to make to believe and hold on to what happened and who that person said you are or who you believed yourself as or that weakness that you're going through or 
there is the choice to take in what God says about you, to actually believe who He says you are. So let's think about it. Let's think about what we're listening to. Let's think about the voices that we're allowing into our lives. And no, I'm not saying throw all the music out and throw all the TV out and get rid of everything. We're all moving to a farm where we cannot listen to any of the radio frequencies. It's not crazy like that. But God can be with you in every second of your day. No matter if you're doing business or if you're at home or if you're in an hour prayer session, whatever it is, God can be with you. And it's as simple as choosing Him. It's as simple as choosing to think about Him. And then when you experience a pain or an identity a trigger, something like that, it's as easy as going, ah, oh, God, I feel this. Oh, God, help me to see this clearly. It's, it's a challenge, but it's simple. It's a choice. So I encourage you guys, choose. Find a leader or someone that can see over your life objective truth. Someone that can say, hey, or you can say to them, hey, I'm seeing it like this. This is what I feel. And then they say, that's great. Thank you for sharing that. This is what God says about that issue that you can't see right now, but that's okay. And it builds us up as a church. It builds you up. There is only good that comes from listening to God's definition of us. So I'm just going to finish with prayer. We can bow our heads. Thank you, Holy Spirit. God, thank you for making us uniquely, wonderfully, purposefully. And Lord, all of these things that have been spoken over us that we've held on to right now in the Spirit, I break them over their lives. Thank you, Father, that we're no longer defined by the lies that have been spoken over us and that we are holding on to your truth. Thank you, Lord, for the simple gospel. We pray, Father, that every single one of us will find blessing, will find fruit and a new life living fully in your identity. Thank you, Lord. You are eternally good. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. And we all say it.